flip it a face. Flip it a face. What's going on, folks? I'm your host of the Ring of Discussions podcast, your Triple Crown Tri-National Hardcore Cruiser, champion of the world, Truman Hudson the Third, and today. This is the second one today. We're hitting this one out of the ballpark, folks. We have Alex Ocean on the show. Alex, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. I'm doing stupendous. I've never said that on this show, but I'm saying it right now. I'm doing pretty darn stupendous. Um, before I get on with the show, I'd like for you to tell the listeners at home, the hashtag loyal royal listeners of the podcast, where they can find you at on social media. Uh, you can find me, uh, Instagram be the best way, it's the bad boy, Alex Ocean. Alrighty, there you go, folks, you know where to find this man. So, before I get started, prior to the show, uh, prior to us recording, um, you were training, am I correct? Yes. Alrighty, so, I'm not gonna go into, you know, too much of a personal, you know, I, I, I do, I'm gonna mention, I'm gonna mention this, you know, straight up. Before we get started, I do like to talk about the personal lives of wrestlers. I believe that's very vital. That you know is what creates uh, who the person is behind the mat and off the mat. You know what I mean? If you, if you understand right. what I'm getting. So, um, with that being said, I'm not going to ask you full-fledged questions on your training that you did tonight itself, unless you have no issue with it, talking about that. I'm um, talking about what you do to prepare others on getting in the ring. Oh no! So this was. Um my shoot job, actually. I'm a personal trainer, so I was just working with uh, working with some clients for that. Um, in terms of wrestling, man, I still I still go and, and train myself. I personally don't train anyone. Um, that's not really my niche, at least not yet. I don't feel like I've been doing it long enough to actually train anyone on that. But so yeah, personal training. <laughs> Alrighty, well, my gosh, that was uh, I, I did not understand that. Well, now that I understand that a bit more, before we get on to the origins of Alex Ocean, tell me about you know your 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 career or what you're doing outside of wrestling with personal training. Tell me about that brief journey for a second. Um, you know, I pretty much started. I was in the army, and uh, I just kind of fell into fitness, didn't have anything, or didn't really like to do anything else uh, except work out, so I got out of the Army. Uh, I started uh, pursuing a degree in exercise science. I got about a year left in that. Um, so yeah, I'm a full-time student, personal trainer, and also a, a wrestler. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, man. Okay, so that just presented more questions that I will be talking about, some talking points that I do want to get to once we uh, get the show rolling. So let's just get the let's get the ball rolling officially right now, right here. Um, I do want to ask you, what's the origins of Alex Ocean? Tell me about you know growing up. Tell me where you grew up. Tell me the in-depth story, the beginning till now of Alex Ocean. Right, so uh, I started out, you know, a fan just like everyone else as a kid, probably uh, five years old. I remember, I don't remember the exact match, but I'm pretty sure it was um, later, very late in the career of Davey Boy uh, when he wore the jeans. He, he was in a match against Triple H on SmackDown, or it was a segment, maybe not even a full match. And, um, I just remember, I still kind of remember like bits and pieces of that. That was like my first, I'd watched wrestling before that, but that was the first thing that stuck. And uh, so after that, you know, I, did, I just kind of, I fell in love with it, became a fan. Um, you know, as a kid, you always want to be like your, your idols, but like a lot of people, um, once I hit my teenage years, I grew out of wrestling, you know, it wasn't cool anymore. So I stopped, uh, I stopped watching it. Um, and then what, what happened was I was in the Army. I was young, 20s, 1920. And uh, I, I just kind of turned it on again and kind of fell back in love with it. Um, and then when, when I was still in the Army, I looked multiple places to train because it was something I wanted to do. But with my schedule in the military being quite hectic, uh, I just could never make it work. Couldn't find school close enough or that worked with the right times. So I got out. Um, of the military, started going to school. I moved back home to Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin. That's where I'm originally from. Again, close to school was a couple hours away, just not feasible. Um, and then so one day, um, it was 
is actually, I was talking to my son. I have a seven-year-old son, and uh, he come he came home from kindergarten, and he had an assignment. He had to draw a picture of what he wanted to be when he grew up, and he told me that he wanted to be a baseball player. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, well, why don't you pick something a little more realistic? So then, you know, as I was thinking about that just a couple minutes later, I was like, man, I just told my five-year-old son that he can't be what he wants to be. So that's when I sat down with myself and I was like, well, what do I really want to be? And I was like, I have always wanted to be a professional wrestler and I've just never done it. I've never taken the initiative. So I spent the next couple months mapping everything out. I moved from Wisconsin to Florida. I transferred down here because they had my program at Florida Atlantic University. They had wrestling schools, which I attended uh, main event training center in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I got out of the cold too, so that was an added bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're currently going through that little uh, little winter storm thing that's going on here. So I've been trapped inside all day scheduling and getting prepared for this interview and having one prior to this. But glad you escaped this cold weather. You're, you're in that nice Florida heat, that nice Florida heat. So um, with that being said, I got a lot out of that, and I want to start picking through that and start going through those files called life. And in those files called life, I want to talk about um, your time in in the military and how that has, you know, uh, what was that like? What was your personal experience when you were in the army? I mean, it was it was good and bad. You know, it sucked, of course. Like, you know, you do different field problems, different hardship tours, and you're know, sitting anywhere from just 12-hour days that are normal to, you know, going and sleeping, eating, and living in a vehicle for months on end, you know, so, like, that, it's tough, um, but it was a good experience, like, I, once I hit the end of high school, I was kind of turned into a, uh, I was a party kid, you know, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really have a, a direction in life, and I just decided I wanted to do something with it. So, I mean, it definitely helped with that. You know, I definitely, I had the grades and I got accepted to college, but I, I, at the time, I didn't have the mindset to go through it. Um, so I really would have wasted that opportunity. So it was good for me to go grow as an adult and like, you know, kind of get my ass kicked a little bit and then to come back to normal life and be a functioning adult as opposed to a, uh, a worthless one. <laughs> well, that's that's definitely understandable, and you know, um, I have not been in that position because I still have about a year left to graduate. But to hear that, how you trans, you know, transition from uh, high school to the army, you know, hearing that transition, you're very honest about that. Now, I want to talk about your transition from the army to the you know wrestling world and to you know your normal day-to-day life tell me about that transition a bit more um getting out of the army is weird man uh you spend i spent five years active duty and then three years on reserve but after the five years of active duty you get out and um everything's just different um the military is like a completely different way of life man everything's structured everything you do is structured um you, you know there's certain rules that you have to follow that you know, real life, they don't have those rules. And it'll be the smallest thing, but it's weird when you first get out. And it causes a lot of guys problems, which um, luckily, you know, I didn't have too much of an issue coming out. Um, and then translation, translating into the wrestling world, though, it's it's actually a little more similar. You know, uh, a lot of guys are old school traditions with their, you know, respect and stuff like that. So a lot of that kind of transitioned over. Um, but in terms of, like, getting out of the military to, to the real world, it, it's it's kind of like a culture shock almost. Hmm. Well, with making that transition into wrestling, I do want to talk more about that time period in which you realized that wrestling was what you wanted to do. Tell me a bit more about that. Tell me uh, about how did your son take that once you you know started to achieve your dream? Did, did, did he look at you in a different way? Yeah, um... You know, I'm not really sure. I, I know he, he thinks it's cool. I think he's used to it now. At first, he was kind of like, you know, like, you know, are you serious? Um, but it was, you know, I moved to Florida. I actually was down here for almost a month, and I, and I never went to the school. I had looked it up. I planned on going, but I moved down here, and I was, you know, busy, like, getting rolling in school and, like, trying to find a job and, like, this and that. So I kind of, like, almost put it off. And then I finally just gave myself a swift kick and I was like, you know, this is one of the reasons you came down here and just go. So I just showed up, 
at uh, the main event training center. My trainer is Pablo Marquez, and uh, like I just showed up and told him that I wanted to wrestle. And that first day, he made me do some rolls, and I mean that was that. After the first roll, man, I couldn't even roll right. <laughs> I fell right on my ass. I was like, man, this is what I want to do. <laughs> so I always ask everybody this, and I want to know your position on this. You, you could barely roll after that. Tell me about the other grueling times. If times were grueling through your training, tell me about your training. Tell me about how you built your character. Yeah, uh, training, it, it's rough. It's, it's a grind. You know, I, I went three to four days a week for almost a year. You know, I went as much as I could. I, I never missed. Um, I, I basically lived off savings and, and what I was making going to school on the GI Bill. Um, I didn't even have a job when I first started training. Um, so like I was just grinding and, and going as much as possible and you know the first bump hurts second bump you know hurts not maybe not quite as much but then a month or two in your whole body just aches all the time um, and then you're still trying to find time to get in the gym and, and live normal life and stuff like that so it's it, it's rough but it's worth it once you once you get past the first six to eight months I think it gets a lot easier your body starts to adapt to it uh, it, it turns into more of a passion than a, than a chore. Hmm. So with your time at the training facility, tell me, I, I want to go more in depth on that. I want to go deeper on that, about your time at the facility. Tell me about your training. Tell me about the things that you've done, that you did, that you had to do to prepare to where you are now. Yeah, I mean, start out with the basics. We start out with, uh, you know, taking your first bump, uh, lock up, headlock, simple chaining you know then you move on to, to your flip bump um different face bumps um running you know the international is the first spot you learn in wrestling learning that and then you know just slowly adding little bits and pieces to your arsenal whether you know the coach one day just decides to teach you this or you see this on tv and you just kind of try it out when you have a chance um you, you know you just you build on that um me i Come, you know, coming from the military, doing like combatives and stuff, I always felt like I'd have more of like a strong style. I've never been particularly like flippy, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's not really my style. Um, but I'm also not like a huge guy, so I'm, you know, just developed um, different strikes, more of a strong style, and, and different variety. You know, trying to trying to study old film and new film and everything in between, and just trying to see what people do and what they don't do, and then. I try and do what people don't do to try and, you know, separate yourself from the back because a lot of people like to do the same things in this business. Hmm. So tell me about your your time on building your character. I, that's very vital. That uh, A character right, right. in the psyche is very vital. You snickered a little bit, so that's got to be an interesting story. Tell me about the possible multiple iterations of Alex Ocean or just tell me about the bad boy, the new bad boy in wrestling. Tell me about your character. I want to know right, the, the, I'll, the I'll, you. I'll start from the beginning. We, my original name was not Alex Ocean. Uh, my coach, my wrestling coach, gave me the name Alex Flash. Now, there's a actually quite famous Alex Flash in independent wrestling over in the UK. So that's one of the reasons I ended up changing it. And two, I absolutely hated that name. But so he, you know, wore biker shorts um they wanted me to be the ultimate good guy john cena ideal baby face and it just wasn't me i just couldn't pull it out of me i, I just felt like i was begging for tears and while i was good in the ring i, I felt i never really got the great reactions just because it, it, towards the end i got it a little bit but it just wasn't clicking um and then i i told him i was changing my name changing everything and what that changed into was um uh, me requesting a match and cutting a promo on mecha wolf 450 uh he helps us train he was always one of my dream matches um and i had heard rumors that uh the idea had been floating around of me versus him and people saying that i couldn't hang with him right so that was a big chip on my shoulder so i cut a promo like in a cemetery Man, I had the cops come and everything. This crazy dude with like a mask in a cemetery cutting a promo. You know, it was actually a really funny scene. But so that was the the origins was a was almost like a darker character. 
um, and, and like, a, like a serial killer purge feel to it. Hmm. And how that evolved was that I mean, everybody, for whatever reason at the same time, was like, oh, the purge is hot right now. I'm going to make that my gimmick. So I was like, well, this is exactly not what I want to do. Um, so I went and did a game changer wrestling tryout. Now, Joey Janela is like my biggest influence. He's my favorite wrestler. Um, and uh, I, I, well, it actually started out with the, an Evolve tryout, Evolve and NXT. I did the tryout, and this is right after he got hurt. And he had to relinquish his w, um, WWN championship at a ladder match that night in Evolve. And we had to have a match, like a tryout match. We did promos, whatever. And uh, I told, um, man, I don't even remember who was sitting there. But all the guys were sitting there, Matt Seidel and them. And I, I had a break in the action. And I, I looked up at the title and I pointed at it. And I pointed at them and I said, Joey Janela's gone. And I told them that I was the new bad boy. Right, raised some eyebrows. So I was like, okay, it might have something here. So then I, then I went to the Game Changer Wrestling tryout, cut the promo, called myself a new bad boy. Again, like I got an ovation, I got eyebrows raised. And they're like, what? You know, so I'm still waiting to hear back on the Game Changer. Hopefully I'll get, I'll get booked for that. I'll be on Game Changer real soon. But I mean, so that's kind of how it started, was just me just saying that after he got hurt. You know, like I was like the replacement and then now it's pretty much just morphed into its own thing. Like I just kind of ran with it because people liked it. Well, uh, prior to the show and, you know, as I've been doing some research on you, seeing the the character flourish over time and seeing the, the past of the character and seeing it now, one thing that I've noticed, and this is a complete flip of the script, but that is your, your tattoos. All right. <laughs> Your tattoos. I'm quite sure there are some anime fans out there, some hardcore anime fans. And I know when they look at your chest, they're like, that right there, that's inspiring. Now, but before we get back into the bad boy character, please tell me about those tattoos. <laughs> Man, uh, I got them in the army. Um, basically, what happened... Uh, I went, we, there was a time in the army where you could only have tattoos in certain places, and they were passing this, so like you couldn't get a sleeve anymore, and I, I was halfway done with mine, I wanted to finish it up, so I went in to do it, and the dude just didn't like the idea of what I wanted, and he convinced me to get the chest piece, so I got the, the Dragon Ball chest piece, I was going to get it on my arm instead, which I ended up getting it on my arm anyway, so I got both of them, I have Vegeta on my arm, Vegeta and Goku on the chest, um, but yeah, you know, it was just, I've always liked the art, I've always been a fan since I was a kid. At the end of the day, I'm a big kid, you know. Um, people want to ask, they want some, like, deeper meaning for your tattoos. Man, I just, things that inspired me from being a kid to an adult are things I just think look cool, you know. That's my art. It doesn't really tell a story, but it's, you know, it's still a reflection of who I am, I guess, if that makes sense. Yes, and and with that said, uh, you do have Majin Vegeta on your chest, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's a scene from uh, when we Majin Vegeta when he fought Goku, yeah. And okay. then I have the uh, Super Saiyan God, well, the Super Saiyan Blue um, Vegeta on my arm. Alrighty, and with that said, having Vegeta and uh, with parallels between wrestling and anime, were there any parallels between your character and certain anime characters such as Vegeta? You know, maybe not being the prideful side, but have there been any parallels between that and your other influences outside of wrestling with the bad boy character? Oh, absolutely. Uh, growing up, that's all I, I liked was like almost like the anti-hero, you know, it was Vegeta. I, I have the Green Power Ranger also tattooed on me. He was, he was the bad one that went good. I got Spawn, you know, he was always the evil good guy. Like, that has always like been my flow. I've always loved that. So that's, kind of where this character came from was like i'm a heel i'm a bad guy but eventually people end up kind of liking me you know what i mean Hmm. yeah and and with that said the venom face paint which is quite spectacular no pun intended for the (laughs) spider-man fans out there but um kind of geeking out over here with with your uh with the things that you have over here. I'm kind of geeking out. Going to calm down. Um, but the Eddie Brock or w- the Venom, the Venom face paint that you have, is that also connected with your character with being the new bad boy? Or was that just something you thought creatively might look cool? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe the, that the bad boy thing, it was, 
Um, I just had a friend. She's a makeup artist, and she was, I mean, legitimately just passing through town for that show. And I was like, hey, will you paint my face? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, really, that's all it was. Um, but when you think about it, it does kind of fit kind of fit the whole thing. That, you know, the, the Venom movie had, like, just come out at the time. So, you know, I was trying to trying to gain some brownie points on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I assumed. So, uh, with that being said, talking about the character, how has your character's, uh, well, character, how has that evolved your moveset, if at all? Um, it's, it's, it's changed quite a bit. Um, I started, I started with a strong style, and then I went to a more, almost like a grappler. I went to a lot of shoot suplexes for a while, which is like my whole moveset. Um, then I kind of combined them, and now, man, I'm, honestly, I'm like a loose cannon, but I just kind of, I go with the flow. I got everything from different suplexes and strikes, and, you know, I don't do a whole lot of power stuff, but, but I, I kind of, I just really spread out my arsenal. I, I was, when I started, I was way too, like, one or two-dimensional compared to now. You know, I, I have a lot of different tools in my tool set, so you're not going to see the same thing every match. Like, I got my stuff that I do pretty much every match, but I got a lot of different things that I just kind of sprinkle throughout so it's not the not the repetitiveness wow so you're always switching it up to make sure that uh you're you're showing something new so i try uh, yeah <laughs> so uh i would like to talk about the future of alex ocean what does the future like what do you see yourself um where do you see yourself at more importantly in the next coming years or the next year i think sometimes we get a little bit too far into the future which that can be fine but let's talk about what's say in the next coming year where do you see alex ocean at um you know i'm just gonna keep busting my ass and and trying to i'm you know i'm trying to get on those like next level shows i've had an opportunity to work a couple of them and um yeah i'm still working to get on those on a consistent basis you know there's so much opportunity like MLW is still signing people I had the, the opportunity to work with them that was amazing I'd love to do it again um, AAW is opening stuff up for like the future you know um, the future stars uh, thing they're doing like a pre-show so that you know that's in the cards hopefully one day um, you, you know and everything I'm just trying to uh, trying to get those 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 bigger shows and just, just keep working up um that, that's mainly my goal is just keep going you know i'm not looking for a contract per se i'm not uh I'm not expecting to sign with the biggest companies you know the, the top two right now anytime soon just uh once they start filling up their rosters which we all know they're gonna i'm gonna take that next step up and uh be the big indie star hopefully within the next two years or so so you're looking more uh you're more into the happiness aspect of it rather than for monetary gain uh, I mean, if they offer me, I'm not going to say no. So I, I can't even say that. <laughs> All um, right. But, uh, <laughs> You're being honest. But, um, yeah, but, you know, I just know what I like to do, my style in the ring, and, and I know what's working for me. Um, what, you know, what I like to tell people, tell people this is, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. Let's go. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people lately, uh, they talk about, like, spots, right? Wrestling now, big indie wrestling is very spotty. Um, and we're taught not to do that essentially my argument is that if you look at these top companies you look at the wwe they i have nothing that they want if they want to go get a tattoo guy they can go get a tattoo guy if they want a dude with ufc you know what i mean anyone anything that i have they can get somebody who has that who was a d1 athlete who was an mma fighter who's six foot eight 250 pounds you know what i mean so i don't have any one specific skill that they're going to be looking for. The only reason, the only way I'm going to make it to that next level is to become that superstar on my own. You know, you look at the guy's comparable body type and size to me, you're looking at CM Punk, you're looking at your Daniel Bryan, like I said before, Joey Janela, um, you know, Adam Cole, these kind of guys, they had to build their name up first before they were able to get on. So while everybody else is so concerned about their style over there, they're signing the guys that are doing the style that we're all told not to do. You know, so I'm going to keep doing me. I'm going to keep doing my, my indie style, my spots, you know. So hopefully my big goal is Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Once I get on there, then you're going to start getting the attention of these companies that sign those guys. Because if you look at all the new signings, they run the style that I run. 
right? But then they adapt to the style once they get there, if that makes sense. Yes, and it does. And with that being said, where do you think you fall in the in, in this new world, this new landscape, this new renaissance, this this you know golden age? Uh, well, is it gold or silver? I don't know. I'd say it's possibly a renaissance uh, of independent wrestling. Tell me where do you fall into that? I feel like I'm, I'm one of the new waves, you know, I'm, I've been able to make a, a good amount of a splash in a short amount of time, and I'm going to keep doing that, you know, I don't expect to be the, the top indie guy in, or the top wrestler in the world within the next year, but what I do expect is I'm going to keep working my way up, you know, I'm going to keep grinding, and like, those spots are going to open up, I, I, I brought up Game Changer Wrestling, that is one of my favorite uh, companies, you know, their top guy just signed. So, you know, that might be a potential spot. There's other guys in those spots that are signing, you know, with the new companies and whatnot. So, you know, it's like a ladder effect. As, as people climb the ladder, the rungs beneath it become open, and that allows for the, the new talent to come in, and that's kind of where I'm looking to step in. So with the way things are shifting and the way that you're shifting through this, you know, new wrestling climate and adapting and, you know, changing things um, in, in your own way to improve yourself... How do you think the landscape of independent wrestling is going to be? What do you think the landscape is going to be in the next uh, two years? And what do you think you're going to fall into that into the next two years? Um, I mean, you know, I, I hope it keeps growing. You know, the, the fear a lot of people have is with the new company, uh, with AEW forming, that uh, it's going to kill off some of the other companies and we're going to be kind of stuck in the same situation we're at. Um, and realistically, hopefully, it's just another one. Um, to go to, you know, we, we, there's a lot of options right now for guys. It's a great thing. It's a great thing for the business. You know, people argue about which one's better. This one should just go away. At the end of the day, that's just more work and, and more of a platform for everyone to show their stuff. Like, no matter what you're a fan of, you, you're going to have those options. No matter if you're a bigger fan of Japan or if you like Impact or you like this or you like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think having those avenues is important. And I think uh, a lot of people get too caught up on what they like as opposed to seeing the whole landscape of how this is good for everybody you know what I mean and, and a lot of guys are so versatile now that it's a good thing that you can see you know you can see I, don't, I hate to name drop but you can see Joey Ryan go on Game Changer you know and, and do a legitimate like death match or something like he was going to do with Nick Gage before he got hurt um, or, you know, or you can get the traditional Joey Ryan you know there's all these different platforms for all these guys to show everything they can do and there's a niche for all the fans, so I, I hope that keeps continuing, and I hope these other companies don't start getting put out of business uh, because these new ones are coming up. Wow, and I one thing that definitely spoke out to me that you just said is deathmatch and niche, or niche, or niche, or whatever way people want to pronounce it. Uh, you know, with, with that being said, with what people are gravitated towards, I'd like to talk about some matches that you'd like to participate in. Whether it be a dream match or a specialty match, what kind of match do you want to be in that you've never been in or that you've been in and you'd like to do again? Oh, I think everything, man. <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of people, you know, Joey is number one. Um, of course, everyone wants to work Pentagon, Shane Strickland, these guys. You know, I really look up to, I look to their style. Um, Jeff Cobb, you know, guys that I really want to work one day. Uh, in terms of match style, I'm actually, I'm trying to, like, think, you know, people shit on death matches. You'd think it's just you walk in and do it in the backyard or something. I have been trying, like, hell to get on a show that, that does, like, no ring death matches for, like, three months now, and I'm still working at it. I, I still haven't been booked, so, um, and, and that's not, like, a, that I really want to do that, but I want to do it just to have the experience to do it, so, uh, you know, it looks better for some of these other more hardcore companies that actually have a ring. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. I cannot wait to see you possibly in a GCW ring or in a CZW uh, death match one day. I don't know. It, it could happen. I, I'd like to see that happen. Uh, maybe there, there's, been talks. there's been nothing yet, but there's been talks on both ends of the spectrum. So. Oh, well, we're, we're going to find out soon. I'm going to put it out in the universe. We're going to find out soon. Uh, and I cannot wait to see that uh, come to fruition. And with that said, this is something I have not presented, I don't think, ever on the show and that is asking about 
uh, before we get back onto the personal life of Alex Ocean, I'd like to ask you championship championships. Let me be more specific. Championships, um, championships that you won, the emotion that you felt with that championship, or what are your views on championships and do they make the wrestler and have they made you what you are when you won those? Just talk to me about championships and their place in wrestling and your place with championships in wrestling. Um, no, so uh, I've actually turned down any uh, any chance to get one of those. Hmm. Um, and they've been few. Um, there is a, a strap that I am going to get soon um, despite... It's not a good thing or bad thing. I, you know, I at the end of the day, it's a prop. Um, the wrestler makes the wrestler, you know. And especially a lot of these indie promotions, man, they, they just don't run enough to produce good storylines. Like you, you know, if you run another show three months apart, it, these storylines they don't make sense. Or people forget. And it's just, it's not that big of a deal. It's a prop that we've had in wrestling for so long that like, people like look at it, and that's fine. But it's not something I. I really ever give a shit about I, you know I, I look at my match quality and what I'm doing in the ring and the reactions I'm getting over any kind of hardware because I mean I, I know it's a, it's like a token that you know they trust you in the company um, but I, you know I think sometimes that it, it, it just gets people look at it like it, it's like you actually want it when it's I mean it, it's just a prop you know what I mean yeah, understandable. I think things have definitely shifted in the industry um, and, and seeing different things have happened throughout the years. And it sometimes titles just don't feel um, significant. And uh, knowing that somebody like yourself that uh, believes that the wrestler makes the wrestler, um, that's very, very strong. Uh, for those that agree out there, as well as myself, I, I give props to you. Um, no pun intended with what we were just talking about, but I give props <laughs> to you. Um, on that with building that skill uh, and primarily focusing on the character rather than uh, a prop Uh, yeah now with that being said I'd like to talk about the behind the curtain off the mat what's life once you step out of that ring what's life once you walk you know behind that curtain tell me about that how has life changed for you since you've been inside of the world of this lovely sport, professional wrestling. I mean, my backstage now is, it, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's pretty much consumed with that. You know, I, I go to school, I, you know, I, I train people, I'm a personal trainer, I work my ass off trying, you know, get bigger, get stronger, get faster, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, what's always on my mind is, you know, just the little things, just the, what kind of merchandise are you next? What's, uh, you know, what's the next gear going to look like? What, what, you know, could I do this spot? What about this? Like, everything I do is pretty much geared towards what I can do the next time I'm in the ring. It really is. Wow. That's awesome. Somebody that's very dedicated to the sport uh, of wrestling, uh, but also somebody that's dedicated to something else. That I've mentioned on Instagram that I saw from your page. And I'm like, let me take a look on Spotify. Beep, boop, beep. And I look up We Are The Flesh. I listen to some music. And I'm like, man, this is actually really good. I really enjoy that. Please tell my, the listeners at home about We Are The Flesh. These, these are the nicest guys I think I've ever met. Um, I mean, I haven't even actually met them in person. But basically, I found these guys... Again, I'd talk about the Purge. I was doing a little Purge gaming for all of a week. Um, and I was looking for music. Um, and I've always kind of had an idea that I want, like, a, an up-and-coming band um, or group or whatever it may be to, to do my entrance theme just as the same way I'm an up-and-coming. Like, I always had that idea that I wanted to do that. Um, so I found these guys. They have a song called The Purge. It's about The Purge. I listened to it. It's cool. I didn't end up doing the purge thing, so that was next. Um, so basically what happened was on my my Apple Music, um, the new music for you popped up, and they have this Death Trap album that just came out. One of the songs was on there, and I was like, that's... At first, I was like, well, that's, that's pretty interesting. I don't know I don't know what to think about that. And started listening to the whole thing, and I was like, that, that kind of is, is me right now. Like, because it, it's just different, you know? It has, it's the trap beat with, like, screaming. Like, what the hell is that? And I just loved it. So I went on their Instagram, um, 
almost sarcastically left a comment and I was like, what do we got to do to make this my entrance song? And like, they commented back right away. And I, I pretty much ignored it. I was like, you know, you know I got to save up. Like, you got to pay for rights. You got to, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. I was like, I'll, I'll get back to him in a couple weeks. Because um, I'd been down that road before with a band and it ended up, it was a ridiculous amount of money. You know, I was just like, well, I don't even know how long I'm going to use this. So it just went under the bus. So these guys, a week goes by and they comment on it again. And they were just like the, the high five emoji. And I was like, oh, I was like, I forgot about that. So, so I messaged them and I was like, hey, I realized I didn't message you guys. I was like, you know, what what provisions, what would we have to do to kind of make this happen? And they were just like, man, we'd be honored. We think it's so cool you want to use it. And they, just, they sent me the original MP3 and that was it. There's, there's no monetary exchange. You know, I, I give them, tag them and everything, give them all rights. You know, it's their music. But um, yeah, they gave me free reign to just to just go with it, which I think is was, is awesome. You know, basically helping each other out. You know, every time I'm on Fight TV, there's a couple thousand people that are gonna hear that as my entrance. You know, and then I get to use this new badass song that they came out with, so you know, helps both people. Well, see how connections work, people. This is this is how connections work. This is how just talking to somebody and saying I want this to happen. This is how this works, and that's how I got you on the show. And I thank you so much for coming on. And we're not done yet. We still have quite the ways to go. Um, and I do want to talk about uh, MLW and your match with James Storm. <laughs> You seem pretty enthusiastic on social media about that, on Instagram, about taking a boot to the face from James Storm. Tell me about that James Storm experience. Man, that was so, you know, I, I knew what MLW was, everyone did. Um, nobody knew that James Storm was going to be there. Um, basically what happened was the guys at uh, MLW just took some pictures of people. They, they just looked at pictures of wrestlers in the area and they're like hey we need uh some local talent and uh me and uh my buddy jake who actually wrestled when i had the venom face paint on we were the two that got picked uh, just off pictures they'd never seen us wrestle they didn't know if we were worth a shit they just picked us um so i'm like oh sweet so i show up and it was conan they told me to get with him yeah, I was already, you know, not marking out, but it would have been a big day. I'm at Pentagon, I'm at Phoenix, I'm at Joey Snell, I'm at, you know, M MJF, I'm at all of these people that I just look up to. Shane Strickland was there, you know, Abyss, it was crazy. And um, so I go up to Conan, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, you're going to be working James tonight. And I was like, James, James Storm. And I was like, what? And everyone just kind of like, our little group, you know, a lot of guys came to be like a ring crew eyebrows raised and I was like okay um man he's the nicest guy nicest guy in the world um I was super nervous and he just you know true professional calmed me down but so what's funny James this this match actually never made it on TV what happened was he got to dispute with MLW and I'm not gonna air their dirty laundry out but it, it just didn't work out um so the match happened he did a run-in earlier that night that happened, but it never made it to TV, which kind of sucks. But um, so we go out. Not only have I been shitting bricks this entire time because it's me and James, right? And then after that, it's the, the two main events. It's Loki and Phoenix and then the War Games match. So I'm right before them. I'm, I'm like shaking. Um, we had to follow up Teddy Hart and Rich Swan. So what happened was they went too long. They went like twice as long as they were supposed to go. So they were running short on time. They told us to cut it. So we, you know, we had a whole match plan that pretty much got stomped to the ground. And he's like, look, he's like, just give me a shot. He's like, we're, we have to take it home from there. He's like, I'm going to slap you in the face, turn around, kick you in the face, and that's going to be it. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, that's, this is James Storm. I don't give a shit if I'm getting jobbed out to him. You know, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so we get out there. He spits on my hand. I give him super work punch like I don't even know if I touch this guy you know he does the whole hair flip it looks great because he made it look great and he slapped me and he slapped me so goddamn hard I blacked out right <laughs> I, I, I come to and then he kicks me in the face and I, like I'm still like going in and out when I'm on the ground and I'm like alright we're done he picked me back up he wanted, he wanted to add a little bit more a little more 
insult to injury when we had this spot where basically he was going to grab my head. I was going to break out of it. I was getting some shots in. I was going to, you know, it was almost like a mini comeback that we were going to throw in before he, you know, finished me off. So I thought that's what we were doing. I was like, oh, shit, we're going to do this. So in the video, you see my arm fling up, but he's like, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, shit. And he slaps me again, kicks me again, pins me, dumps me out. That's the whole thing. Um, so, so it didn't look very good because, A, I legitimately got knocked out, so I couldn't sell right. I was, like, stumbling in the ring. Um, and then going back, I realized I couldn't close my mouth. He actually, on the first slap, he dislocated my jaw. <laughs> oh, gosh. So so we're in the back. He's like, hey, man, how was everything? I was like, oh, God, it was so great. Thank you so much. I, I didn't tell him that I couldn't close my mouth. It was oh. so long. I actually couldn't close my mouth or, or eat, like, normal food for, like, a week after that. Oh. Um, but, but I've seen him since, and it's, you know, it's been great. He's such a nice guy. You know, it's a little, just a little welcome to the company slap there that, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it definitely seems a bit interesting, but uh, hey, that is the price you pay for the things that you love. Uh, and with that said, I do want to hop back on, and we're hopping from bus to bus uh, when it comes to talking about who you are. Now, I want to talk about at home. Are there any hobbies that you love, whether it's, uh, I don't know, gaming, uh, chess, maybe, if, you, if you're into that, you know, what are your hobbies? I don't know. I don't know. What are your hobbies? What do you like to do outside of the ring that just brings you peace, that, that you just have fun doing? Man, right now, I don't even have anything. Uh, lifting, that's my biggest thing, because I lift. I've always, you know, I, I, my love for fitness actually came before my love for wrestling, so that's the one thing, um, that's always just a constant, but, you know, school, homework, work, and, and then the weekends are legit. I mean, we travel, we wrestle, we travel some more, you know? Um, so just that, I started, uh, I'm trying to do, like, a, a weekly blooper reel of On the Road just because, like, we get so bored doing these 8, 10, 12, 14-hour drives all the time. It's like, well, might, might as well make something of it. So I started doing that. It's kind of fun. It takes some time up. But uh, other than that, man, yeah, it's just, it's all wrestling. <laughs> All wrestling 24-7. Now, with that said, I do want to ask you. Um, I, I don't know if this sprouted from your time in the military. I, you, we were talking about this earlier. But your work, you know, your workout regimen or, you know, uh, just your physical fitness and your physical training, where did that all begin? Was that in the military or was that prior, maybe high school or before that? Uh, no, so I was like the fat kid growing up. And uh, one day I got sick of it, and I started working out when I was a teenager. Um, I went from, like, 230 down to, like, 170 from my junior to senior year in high school. Whoa. Um, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. I, I put some of it back on before I joined the Army. Um, then I lost it all again, of course, because they, like, starve you and run you to death. Um, uh, but then I, I was actually in the mindset, like, I had to wake up and do PT, uh, the physical training every morning. So I was like, I'm not going to work out on my own. Like, that's stupid. Uh, so I just did the PT for a while, and... Uh, what happened was I was uh, had to do some kind of class in the military to get some kind of certification, so I didn't have to do PT that morning. We just had to check in. We had to check in something stupid early, like 5 a.m. The class wasn't until, like, 7. Um, so there's three of us. We were already up, and uh, the two guys I was with were, like, really gym rats. They were like, hey, you want to go get a lift in? And I was like, yeah, and I'm in the back. I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the gym right now. I want to go back to sleep. Right. You know? Um, but so I went. What was I going to say? No. Um, I was riding with them. I didn't really have a choice. So I, I went to the gym. Um, I, I did a, a shitty lift. Looking back at it, it was terrible. But And then that was like just the kick I needed. I started going every day. And, and then once I almost got like addicted to it, I wanted to like actually learn about the body and like how everything works. And so that's how I picked my major. And, um, learning exercise science, sports performance, and stuff like that. Wow. And when it's, when I hear people talk about uh, having uh, a love, a passion for personal training, uh, one thing is a connection with science. Was that your strong suit in high school? What was your strong suit when it came to classes when you were in school? Yeah, it was, it was science. Science. All the way. Um, <laughs> science, algebra, I was very good at algebra. I was terrible at geometry. Um, I was pretty good at English. I mean, I was an honor roll student, so I was pretty good. It was just, you know, towards the end, I just stopped giving a shit and started partying all the time. <laughs> oh. 
well, uh, it definitely, uh, I, I, it, everything happens for a reason because uh, you're on this show today, right? And um, you're killing it on the indie scene, and you know it, it's awesome to see uh, you flourish over time. Uh, I have just gotten, you know, relatively, uh, how do I say? Um, I can't find the word. I, I hate when you think of something and you can't find the word. I've gotten not used to you, but I've gotten accustomed and understood who you were more through social media. And um, with talking to you, I've learned quite a lot in this past 45 minutes and counting. Um, but before we do close out the episode, I always love to ask the viewer, not the viewers, my gosh, I always love to ask the guest if they have any encouraging words for the viewers at home, any words of encouragement, anything like that that they can give to the viewers to uh, get them get, get some gumption going or just some words in general that they like to share with the viewers. Um, yeah, the biggest thing I think is that, uh, you know, you, you really just have one life to do what you want to do, so you might as well spend it doing, um, doing what's going to make you happy. Uh, there's a, he wasn't a very close friend, um, but he's a, a brother in, in this wrestling business, same as, uh, Rex Backus, his work name, he recently passed away from cancer, and, uh, yeah, I take a lot of, a lot of what he said to heart now, just, I mean, he did what he loved, all the way until the end, he, he was a, a genuine person, and uh, he really just he showed that, and he, you know he lived life happy as short as it may have been, and, and how much it sucks that, that he had to go so early. But um, yeah, man, so just seeing being able to be close to somewhat close to a person like that, and then just living life, you just have to really you know do what you want to do. Don't do what everyone else wants you to do, or what people say you should do, man. I, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. When I said I wanted to be a professional wrestler, people laughed at me. Like, it was the most ridiculous thing in the world. You know, people still laugh at me when I say that I do that. And, like, you just, you just gotta not give a shit what people say. Do what you want to do. And, I mean, if you work hard enough and, and learn and, and be yourself, you will be successful. If, if you try and do what everyone else is doing and listen to everyone to a T, you, you're gonna fail. You just be yourself, do what you want to do, and good things can happen if you work your ass off. Now that is the innovative mindset that I love to hear. Something of someone that uh, wants to change things up, you know, not just in the ring, but outside of the ring. And for anybody that has any aspirations out there, you heard the man. Go do them. And it doesn't matter, you know, what the circumstances. You got to try your hardest to go do them and uh, make that dream come alive. Make that dream come true. Don't let other people get in your way. Because Alex Ocean, the new bad boy of wrestling, did not let anybody get in his way. Thank you. Absolutely. And if, there, if there's anybody aspiring to be a wrestler and wants to get into the business or is in the business, I'll gladly give them my opinion about independent wrestling today and, and the politics behind backstage. And I'll tell them exactly why everything they're hearing is bullshit. Um, just to hear a different, uh, different take on things. And that's what it took for me to, to actually start becoming somewhat successful in this and growing in my success it's uh there's a lot of politics out there like i said you gotta be yourself well how can these viewers at home how could these hashtag loyal royal listeners of this show how can they how can they talk to you about this what form of social media can they reach you on to talk to you about this that biggest thing just do a dm uh or comment on a photo or anything instagram's the biggest one man I, I don't go on twitter I need to, but I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't really like it. Um, so all 17 followers of mine on Twitter are very disappointed, but the couple thousand I got on Instagram seem pretty happy. So yeah, the bad boy, Alex Ocean. Um, if you type in just the bad boy, you, you're going to go to the wrong page. He's much more famous than I am, but type in Alex Ocean after that. You'll get to me. Send me a message. and uh, glad to talk to anybody. All righty. And before I close out the show, two questions. One of them is the Fight Club profile picture. If that is Fight Club, tell me about yes. that profile picture. Do you love Fight Club? Oh, I, I love it. My, my last name was going to be Dirt, but there was a girl I trained with who already scooped that name up. Like, I was going to jack it straight from Fight Club. I love, I love the movie. I think Brad Pitt in that movie is, like, the greatest character of all time um, in terms of movies. So I had always visioned, envisioned... Um, like a, a t-shirt or something of me holding up the bar of soap with like my name on it and when this bad boy thing came it just made sense to uh 
to recreate that cover and some art with uh, the bad boy on the soap. Well, there you go. I wanted to know the origin behind that. I'm like, this is actually pretty bad. Like, this is some pretty good stuff here. Um, so uh, I'm glad now I, I I can finally go to sleep in peace knowing what the meaning behind that profile picture was uh, or is. But with that said, I also have one final question, and that is, what is your favorite food? I've been asking guests this constantly because it's on my mind. What is your favorite food, especially being on the road? What do you love to eat? Uh, man. It, like, a, like a cheat meal. If I can eat anything and I'm not worried about my calories or anything that's going in, like, Donuts are like my go-to, man. Donuts are like just the most amazing thing in the world to me. Um, but real food, I don't even know if I like real food. I love peanut butter too. I eat that shit off the spoon. So. Oh my gosh! Yes, yes, yes. There we go. Somebody that I have something that has a love of peanut butter. My gosh! Thank you very oh, much. Yeah, I I feel you. I, I love. Oh, I, I love myself some peanuts and and some peanut butter so i'm glad you love it as well thank you very much alex for coming on to the show uh it was awesome having you on uh and i hope to have you on in the future uh as always and uh is there any closing words you'd like to give to the fans one more time or are you all set that's it man i appreciate you taking the time to uh talk to me today no problem all right, folks, uh, and this was the end of the interview. This, this, this is all she wrote. This is this is the end of the show. I thank you all for listening to the show. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at thudson3rd. Again, at thudson. The number three and the letters are d uh once more t hudson 3rd you guys know what to do and i'm your host of the ring of discussions podcast truman hudson the third your triple crown trinational hardcore cruiserweight champion of the world and i am signing out that was a very long pause if you guys are listening to this in the daytime evening time whatever time you have a good time and i am signing out have a beautiful one folks peace